Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Whenever we face difficult challenges in our life or are in real distress, that's when we find out who our real friends are. Our real friends are ones that stay with us, especially during difficult times in our life. They are always there to listen to us, to support us, and give us unconditional love. They are the people that we trust and have confidence in. Well, faith helps us to have that same relationship with God. We know our faith is a gift from God, and therefore we're compelled to grow that faith as we mature in life. This weekend's readings, we hear all about the importance of faith. In the first reading, Habakkuk encourages us to have faith, especially during challenging times in our life. In the second reading, St. Paul encourages us to have faith in the church and the works of the church. Finally, in the gospel, Jesus tells us that precisely in the midst of our struggles in life, our faith grows all the more stronger. Now, turn to the first reading. We hear it from the book of the prophet Habakkuk. Right now, Israel is in the 6th century, and the Babylonians are invading the country. They're sacking every town, village, and city. The last city that remains is Jerusalem, the capital city. And so the Babylonians are marching towards Jerusalem. Eventually, they will invade the city, they will loot the temple, and they will take a majority of the Israelites off into slavery. And so Habakkuk consoles the Israelites. He tells them that they must trust and have faith in God. That's why he writes in the very last sentence of this weekend's passage, he says, The just man, because of his faith, shall live. Well, maybe there are times in which we have felt overwhelmed to the point that we feel we just can't go on. Maybe it's an unexpected diagnosis of ourself or maybe a family member. Maybe it's the deterioration of a loved one that we've been caring for, either a parent or a child. Or maybe we struggle with depression or anxiety. And like Habakkuk, we say, How long, Lord? I don't know if I can go any longer. Or maybe the challenges that we face come in the form of strained relationships amongst family members, maybe a strange marriage, or maybe problems with children or parents. And we say, How long, Lord, can I endure this pain? See, it's in these moments that we are tempted to give up. And yet, it's precisely where we have to turn to Habakkuk and listen to his words. The just man, because of his faith, shall live. Faith in our Lord helps us to persevere through these struggles. In fact, faith gives us the hope that God will deliver us in some way, shape, or form from our struggles. The psalmist from this weekend's readings tells us the best. 
He prays, Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord who made us. For he is our God, and we are his people, he shepherds. Faith is something that we cannot give up in the midst of our trials. In fact, faith is something that helps us, support us, and gives us strength during the struggles that we have in life. Now turn to the second reading. Paul is talking about the importance of faith again. But in this case, faith in the work of the church and her teaching. Now we're still reading from Paul's letter to Timothy. And remember, Paul, as he writes this letter to Timothy, is sitting in a prison in Rome, awaiting his own execution. Instead of being wrought and worried about this, he's more concerned about Timothy. Remember, Timothy is Paul's protege, and Paul sent Timothy to Ephesus. And Paul finds out Timothy is having a very difficult time leading this Christian community. It has nothing to do with his preaching. It has nothing to do with his teaching. It has everything to do with his age. He's a young man. Now realize, the ancient world was a patriarchal society. Older men were well thought of, thought of being wise and respected, and not young men like Timothy. Now notice Paul's words of wisdom that he gives to Timothy. He says, I remind you to stir into flame the gift of God that you have been given through the imposition of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and love and self-control. So do not be ashamed of your testimony to our Lord. The imposition of hands. Symbolically, it's a gesture of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, many of us have received that gift at the time of our confirmation, when our bishop laid hands upon us and we received the second installment of the gift of the Holy Spirit. The first installment came at the time of our baptism, and it made us firm in our faith. Also, it's the challenge, motivating us to live out our faith each and every day of our life. Now, for weeks I've been speaking about the stewardship theme of belong, believe, and become. Well, we must engage that. We must nurture an environment in which we welcome all believers. And see, when that happens, then it opens us up to believe, to engage lifelong faith formation. I often tell the confirmation kids right before their confirmation, confirmation is not graduation. And they make that mistake thinking of that. No, in fact, confirmation is just the very beginning of a lifelong of faith formation. We always have to remember, faith won't grow unless we want to know. Unless we want to know about our faith, then we will always grow that faith. And when that happens, then we become. We become the person that God created us to be. And that is a person that shares their prayer and their prosperity, their skills and abilities to participate in the vibrancy of our faith communities. Now, that's a great segue into the gospel. In the gospel, Jesus is trying to teach the apostles about faith, and now us. Now, I would argue most people here in our country, in the United States, believe in God. And yet, real faith goes far beyond that. Faith looks like something. It looks like us turning our life over to God. Often I've given you that statement, your life is not about you. Your life is not about you and your wants and your desires and your happiness 
and everything and everyone else takes a back seat to that. No, your life is about you in relationship to God and living out that relationship and faith to the best of your abilities every day of your life. And see, that's one of the most fundamental statements of faith. You are part of God's great design. Real faith means that you know and believe this and that you act upon it. Notice what Jesus says in the gospel. If you have faith of a mustard seed, you could say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Well, what is he getting at here? When we operate under that perspective that I turn my life over to God and I believe it and act upon it, then yes, amazing things can happen to us in our life. I think Paul puts it best in Corinthians. He says, if we have true faith in God, then we have to surrender to a power already at work in us that can do infinitely more than we can ever imagine. See, when I am talking about faith, I'm not talking about some surrender to reason or logic. No. Instead, talking about faith means we have a confident trust in the power of God that is present and working in our life, here and now, such that I know my life belongs to God and I surrender to it. And see, then yes, great things can happen to each and every one of us in our life. Now, where is that most clearly seen? In the lives of the saints. Take, for example, Mother Teresa, our own modern-day saint. Before she established her order, she had a very comfortable life. For 20 years, she taught in grade schools, and it was a very comfortable life for her. But she placed all that aside. And with faith and attitude of trust, she began her order, the Missionaries of Charity, in 1950. And then she moved to one of the worst slums in all of the world, Calcutta, for the express purpose of ministering to the poor. And see, right there, that's that tiny little mustard seed. Mother Teresa is that mustard seed. Jesus would say once, the mustard seed is the smallest of all seeds. And yet it grows, it becomes the largest plant in all of the garden. Well, Mother Teresa epitomizes that. Today, in the 21st century, her order, the Missionaries of Charity, have over 4,500 nuns that are active in 133 countries around the world, doing incredible work, caring for the poor and the hungry and the dying. And yet, where did it originally come from? that one tiny little mustard seed called Mother Teresa. She had the faith, that faith of that one woman who trusted in God. And see, that's exactly what Jesus is getting at in the gospel. Friends, all three of the readings for this weekend speak to us about faith. Faith looks like something. Faith is about turning your life over to God and realizing you are part of God's great design, and you believe it, and you act upon it. See, when you do that, then you truly have great faith. Then you give yourself over to Jesus, and great things will happen to you, as professed by Habakkuk, St. Paul, and Jesus. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ 
rest upon you always.